Hello and welcome to Agent Provocateur, Episode 2. I'm Sam Hyatt, founder and CEO at The Rights Factory. This week, Obama's summer reading list. Oh, hard yes on this one. Um, I loved his uh, last book on the Irish Troubles, Say Anything. I love the cover of this book. But first, we're having a panel discussion about the pros and cons of the new and massively growing trend of celebrity book clubs. OMG, if you're like me, you're wondering where are all these book clubs coming from? Are they here to stay? Uh, do they actually help or hurt readers? I mean, it's likely they're good for publishing, but readers, literature. To take a closer look, we've assembled a crack team of industry insiders. Uh, with me today, we have our my co-host, the executive editor uh, at the Rice Factory, Diane Tarana. Good morning. Good to be here. We have Stacey Condla, who's also an agent at the Rights Factory, and we'll be speaking a lot about her uh, kind of past and somewhat current career as a bookseller. Hi, Sam. Thank you. And uh, finally, we have, um, uh, I guess he's now known as a gadfly, but I just know him as Nathaniel Moore, book publicist and author and general wit and um, uh, literary guy. Hello. (laughs) So it looks like book clubs are here to stay. Uh, I, I guess my first question is, um, what does this mean for, uh, you know, I, I guess what does it mean for, for booksellers? Because I think the publishers are happy that if everybody's talking about books, it's good for writers, it's good for them, it's good for book sales. Um, Stacy, why don't we start with you having worked um, uh, in bookselling for a period of time? Yeah, I mean, overall, anything that sells books is a good thing for booksellers too, right? Not just the publishers. Booksellers want to sell books. (laughs) Um, I think the other question that comes from that question, though, is, is this a good thing for literature as a whole? Right? Like, that's the big question. Um, And I think it, it, it has multiple answers, right? Like, so overall, yes, they're a great thing. People are reading. People are talking about books. Super awesome, we love that. Um, I feel like the problem is though, is they're all talking about the same books. And I love that quote by Ishiguru, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's, uh, if you only read what everybody else is reading, you can only think what everyone else is thinking. That's, so an, that's exactly that's, one of my concerns, is this yeah, kind of homogeneity. That's where the problem comes in, exactly. So I worry that, um, you know, we're just getting, you know, these lists of, of books that are similar, right? Because they're catering to a specific kind of reader. And I don't think that the book clubs overall challenge readers to step outside of their comfort zones. And that's a bad thing. Yeah, I'd like to jump in here with one of my pet peeves, which is um, Heather's Pits. Now, I've seen her called the literary authority in the country. And um, I'm just baffled by that. Why would... Heather Reisman be a literary authority. She's not a writer. Well, she does have a a book out now, co-written with a cookbook author. I'm still not calling her a writer. She's not a reviewer. She's not an English professor. Uh, She's never written a review, as far as I can see, and I've looked. She's never had to put her thoughts together to explain, to articulate why she likes a book. So she slaps a sticker on it, a book she loves. I, I certainly believe she reads them. Many people don't. Um, she slaps a sticker on or gets her 
minions to slap stickers on. And we're supposed to go, oh my God, yes, we all have to buy this book. I, I don't get it. She's certainly not Sheila Rogers. She's not really sharing her thoughts on anything, just expecting us to go, you love it, Heather, so I better go out and buy it. And it works at Indigo. <laughs> People buy them like crazy. Let me ask Nathaniel. Nathaniel, what's your sense of this? You're a writer too. You're a publicist in the in the book world. Yeah. Uh, um, I wouldn't worry, Diane, too much about Heather uh, finding out anything you've said because we have no proof that she has actually uses the internet or 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 you know. Um, but I would like to say, uh, all joking aside, that uh, what we are experiencing now, in my opinion, are, are the obvious next steps um, for our culture to avoid reviewing books at any cost. Um, a, a, someone with a grade level education can cut and paste a catalog copy and, and put together a list. Um, it's anti, um, well, uh, I, don't, I don't even need to say anti. It, these, these book blogs, which are the, the successful ones, I would say, are, are staunchly American. But of course, Canada, ha, you know, we're going to be emulating them to some degree. But I really think that these lists um, are going to replace awards or be as important as awards. I know for a fact, having meetings with producers at CBC and other uh, media factions, that the, these lists are things that publishers and authors uh, obsess about. And I know for a fact that when one of my authors isn't on the list, I'll get, a, I'll get a call like, why didn't they pick me? Why aren't I one of 500 new novels coming out this fall? Uh, that, and and so, people so the, like the lists. So the, the danger is, the danger going is, back to this homogeneity argument, is that these influencers and book club people um, have such power, but they're not, to, in my mind, I don't see them using it to support that small press book or that debut novel that nobody's ever heard of that they love. I feel they're just promoting the same stuff, the, 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 the well, big books from the big authors that they already know that's very low risk because they can't afford the risk in a way. Yeah, and that's my point, right, that I, that I made at the beginning, is it, you know, it's, it's the same kind of books that they're recommending over and over. Um, out of all of the book clubs that are out there right now, I do think that Reese is offering the broadest selection of genres and types of books. She does mix it up, and she is recommending YA novels as well, which is awesome. But again, they're all from, like, big publishers, right? I, I don't see any of these celebrity book club lists promoting small press books where, where it could be seriously life-changing for a press. It's, it's not life-changing for the big four. So, <laughs> you, so you just wonder what kind of lobbying is going on behind the scenes. I mean, I just took a look at Heather's recent picks. I, the first seven I checked out are all from huge publishers. So um, I'm assuming there is big lobbying going on behind the scenes and the publishers with the big money and the power are getting their book lists in front of these influencers. Yep. But then it also comes back to the readers, okay? So readers are buying into it, though. And we're talking that the people that buy from these lists are are your typical consumer. They are the average reader that just picks up a book for entertainment or picks up a book because they heard their best friend read it and they want to talk about it. Those are the kind of readers we're talking about that buy but, off of these lists. But that's the sinister it's thing that's really, going on. Yeah, it, and, and it's not, you know, the more discerning uh, readers, right? right? Yeah, yeah and, and different readers will buy different books, right? So the, the book club buyers are not the only readers out there. 
but they're definitely the biggest part of the market, right? And, and they want to be reading the same things because they want to feel like they're a part of something and they want to have those discussions and they don't want to feel like they missed out because they didn't read this book that everybody else has read. So, Stacy, you were saying that your feeling was some of the clubs, at least at the store that you're at, uh, part-time, which is like a, an indie store, uh, how, how, how do the different book clubs or lists, uh, how do they play out on the front lines? Yeah, I, I feel like overall different book clubs do, do differently at different book sellers, right? Like if we're talking about physical bookstores, different book clubs are going to do better at one store than other stores, depending on the bookstore's demographics and, and the kinds of books that they specialize in, right? So the bookstore that I work at, it's an independent, it does actually specialize in book club books and we sell boatloads of them. Um, Reese Picks do really, really well at, at the bookstore that I work at. Um, Oprah Picks tend to do a little less well and obviously we don't showcase Heather's Picks. <laughs> but you did work at Indigo, right, at one time? But I yes. did work okay. at Indigo and Heather's Picks sold like hotcakes. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's partly because um, Indigo... Um, customers know who Heather is and there's that great big in-your-face Heather's yeah, pick table yeah. at the front of the store driving those titles, there right? Any table so. at the front of the store may attract attention whether they had gold stickers affixed to the yeah. jackets or not. Is it just intellectual laziness on the part of readers? Well, again, like it goes back to why are people reading? And you have to understand that the bulk of the readers out there aren't reading because they're literary experts and they want to do a literary critique on a book that they read. They are entertainment consumers. Well, they want to be entertained. Okay, but right? I'm an entertainment so, consumer. I don't want to do critiques on, on the books I read. I do critiques on the books I edit. I just love to enjoy a book. But I yeah, got I miss average the old readers reviews. read at a different level. Average readers read at a different level. They read differently than people who work in the book industry. It, it's just, you know, the, the, the cold hard fact of it. They don't read the way we read as, as industry professionals, right? That, that there, there are readers out there, though, that will come into the independent that I work at and look at a book and go, oh, it's a Reese pick. I'm not buying that. Or they'll look at it and go, oh, it's a New York Times bestseller. I'm not buying that. I want a good book. I want literature. There are those readers that exist, but it's the, the people that shop the book clubs are in the majority. That's what they want. They, they want to be told what to read and they want to be reading as a group to feel like they're part of a group. I think one thing that is positive of the, uh, the, the sort of changing of the guards uh, in book media, I, I can't speak for America, but I can say in Canada that reviews of review culture is pretty much dead. And uh, unfortunately, and these book blogs, um, and I'm talking about traditional reviews in newspapers and entertainment weeklies that we, we used to know about and, and uh, rely on, and they're much missed. Um, but I think that these new book blogs and podcasts um, are creating a lot of pages and a lot of click-throughs, and, and it is, it's a new way of, of, of uh, promoting and sharing books. But obviously, the independent uh, presses are, are lacking, and... and Think about this, uh, put it into context. Scott Griffin, it, it, as far as I know, is the only millionaire who's ever bailed out um, any sort of Canadian publishing uh, entity. And if this were to be repeated by an, a, million, a millionaire in the States or in Canada to somehow uh, you know, get a whole bunch of independent bo books underneath uh, 
Reese's eyes and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's eyes and actually have an independent uh, publisher book club um, episode or, or feature that would help just break through what like two or three hundred four hundred publishers in North America that would benefit from having like millions of book potential book buyers realize that there's more than just those big five those big those big uh, the, the publishers with the money who can pay to take Reese's publicist out for lunch and say we really want these three novels in in, in the next uh, in the next list you know I can't do that I don't know Reese's handlers I, and I don't I can't <laughs> go I can't fly to the states and I don't really want to Okay, guys, I, I, I think the, the, the only option left is we have to start our own book club. I think that's the only way to go here. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so Thank much, you, everybody. Sam. Thank you, Stacey and Nathaniel. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone. It's been great to uh, talking to you. One of the biggest and most influential of all the book cl- uh, lists is Obama's. He's released his annual pick since 2008. In this uh, latest summer one, uh, I've asked three of my favorite industry insiders to go through it book by book. With me today is Diane Terena, executive editor at the Rights Factory. Great to be here. Uh, Catherine Wilms, who is uh, an agent at the Rights Factory also. Hello, everyone. And we have Chris Houston, who is here just at the last minute. He just landed, and uh, he's a, a really funny sales guy from Dundurn, or at least he seems funny so far. Great to be here and have the trust of others. Awesome. So I'm going to give you the book with a quick log line. I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't read these books. All I'm going on in a lot of cases is the title and the summary that I read according to CNN. So once I read, I do that, I'm going to pick the person and then we'll get a, a yes or no and then a reason why they, they feel the way they do. So first book is um, At Night All Blood is Black. Uh, this is a story of a black guy fighting for the French in World War One. I would say normally he would probably get shafted, but if Obama picked this book, there's probably a happy redemptive ending. So, Diane, what do you think? Okay, so um, first I want to just give my methods. I read the Amazon description, I Googled the authors, and I went into the Look Inside feature on Amazon to read the first couple of pages. Okay, so that's a lot like more work world- than I did, I'd just be clear. Okay. I, I like World War novels. This one brings a fresh voice and a perspective with the Senegalese angle. I loved the first couple of pages. I loved the mystery and the voice that jumped off the page. The author is a historian, which I love because I love historical novels to be accurate. So it's a definite yes. Awesome. Catherine. Yeah, so I think I need to add a couple disclaimers here after Diane's putting us to shame. Um, I did less research than that. Um, and also, uh, I will read anything. So this is all a kind of uh, a bit of a theoretical exercise. Um, so, uh, and, and the other thing I should say is that, uh, you know, <laughs> well, you know what, I'm just saying if it was like lying on a table at a cabin, yes, I'm going to be like, I'm not discerning, I don't think in these ways, um, but uh, then I like to complain if I don't like it, obviously. And the other um, disclaimer is that um, I think Bama might have good taste. So I just assume if I say I'm not going to read something, I'm probably wrong because he's picked some great books in the past. So anyways, this book uh, does look quite interesting. I also, like Diane, uh, really enjoy World War One books and 
descriptions and I love that this is a bit of a cool and different take on it. Um, uh, definitely a pretty um, sort of fascinating history I don't know anything about. Um, so I guess I'm saying yes, but I would have to be like in a mood for it because um, I, don't, I don't know if I have Sam's uh, faith in the redemptive arc. Um, all right, Chris. Yeah, you know, count me in on this one. My uh, strategies are a lot less deep than uh, uh, Diane's and and uh, not nearly as open-minded as Catherine, who will read anything. That is, what. where have I found myself today? This is like a, a hell of, of better educated people. But I will say that I want to read this book. I do not like books about the war. Uh, it's too much for my small brain. But I do like a book that has a quote from... Ali Smith, uh, one of my favorite writers, and she said, uh, at night, all blood is black. She had this to say about it, so incantatory and visceral, I don't think I'll ever forget it. I mean, I'm, I'm in. I like, take all my money. If Ali Smith, who's one of the great writers of the modern age, is not forgetting this book, uh, I, I, that's all I need to know. The fact that it's on Obama's list, too, you know, when he calls, I'll tell him that's great. But Ali Smith got to it first. So, yes, solid yes. Awesome. Okay, the second book, Land of Big Numbers by Taiping Chen. Uh, this reads like a, a Dubliners for China. Uh, we're going to start with Chris this time. You know what? Continuing my, my scientific approach, I love the cover of this book. I'm a huge believer. That whole thing about not judging a book by its cover, the cover is magnificent. Uh, Taiping Chen is a Wall Street Journal writer. This is her first uh, novel. It's short stories, 10 short stories. Uh, China sounds very exotic and interesting to me now. I've never been there, so I would love to read this and find out more. And, of course, great cover. Uh, I'm going to enjoy looking at it. That's a plus. All right, um, Diane. Okay, uh, it's a subject that interests me. The author is a journalist. She knows her stuff. The writing is so sharp. And the opening of the first story uh, is underlaid with a real biting irony that I loved. She's a debut author. It would normally be a resounding yes um, if it were a novel, but it's a collection of short stories. And I just get engaged, then they end, then I'm sad. So this is a sad no. Okay, Catherine. Yeah, likewise. I'm not a fan of short stories, and I always wonder if that makes me a bad person. Um, I like, in fact, I like when they're so long and ambitious, like the three-body problem, which has this, uh, which goes to the end of time and the universe, and it has this fascinating description of the Cultural Revolution in China. So I actually like really got, piqued my interest in. Um, I wanted to learn more about sort of um, this sort of monolith of the state in China and all these sorts of things. Um, so. Maybe, but to be honest, I'm way more likely to read like a science fiction or journalism on this topic to learn more. Okay, well, the, um, we have to be honest here. That's great. You guys are saying short stories are, can be a tough time. Uh, next up, Empire of Pain by Patrick Radden Keefe. Um, all I can say about this is it's not about the Trump organization. <laughs> um, so, Catherine, you go first. Oh, hard yes on this one. Um, I loved his uh, last book on the Irish Troubles, Say Anything. Um, it was just, it was so much fun. And I just feel like the opioid crisis is just something that we just don't have a full handle on, or I, I don't anyways. Um, and, and also like just capitalism and the ability of just individual people and families to just have this terrible ability to harm society. Definitely interested. Okay, Chris. Yeah, when Barack called and told me about this one, I was a little bit 
ah, uh, you know, America, it's, it's American history, it's, it's a family, it's all kinds of stuff that I feel like I'm reading already in the news. So I'm, I'm, I'm saving, I'm saving my, uh, my opportunity for another title. So I'm going to, I would pass on this one. It's not taking me enough out of the world uh, as I'd like. Okay, Diane. So I've been following the saga uh, of this family and their depraved indifference to humanity. Um, I just discovered last week, none of them are going to jail. They're not even being criminally prosecuted and they're allowing them to pony up $4.5 billion to pay for what they've done, all the misery and deaths. Right now, I can't deal with the rage this book will evoke in me, so it's a down the line maybe. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Okay, next up, Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. This is basically this toy story, but instead of a toy, it's an AI, and it's written by a Nobel Prize winner instead of, like, the the Disney um, guys. So, um, Catherine, let's hear from you. Yeah, I think it's a no. I saw this compared to Her, um, the movie Her with um, Joaquin Phoenix, and I did not enjoy that movie. Um, I realized that I don't care if robots find love. I don't care if people love robots, but I don't want to hear about it. I just want people to keep their robot love to themselves. Um, it is Ishiguro, but uh, so yeah, I'm probably being an idiot. Um, and I do have the buried giant on my nightside table right now. So I will try a different Ishiguro. Okay, Diane. Yeah, I wasn't terribly thrilled by the concept. Maybe Stephen Hawking has turned me off of artificial intelligence by scaring me about it. Um, Oh, because he says it's going to be the end of us all. Yeah, I read the first couple of pages. I thought I would love it, actually, because it is Ishiguro, and I didn't, so it's a no. Okay, Chris? Yeah, I, I like this. I put, I put you purposefully after Diane. Yeah, no, I'm, so I'm not know. making any moves in this game unless Diane talks first. That's going to be looked for my new contract. So, you know, this is quite... I like this artificial friend thing. I did not like her, the film, or she, or whichever one that was. It, it just bad. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, nice try. This feels different somehow. It feels like a, a more literary, upscale, upmarket version of that. And it's artificial friend, too. I mean, who, honestly, if they're honest with themselves, doesn't need an artificial friend? Um, I, 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 want, I, I would like more of this. I want, I want to explore that, too. And the cover kind of gives me a bit of a Logan's Run feel, you know, with the hand, with the star that's blinking. So it's ticking off all my sort of like uh, pop culture boxes in a good way. Oh my God, Logan's Run, you're bringing me back a long way. Um, okay, uh, finally, now this is where I feel like Obama is like a fan of Spinal Tap because he could have had 10, but he had to go to 11. He found that guitar that had the 11. So number 11 on the list is Intimacies by Katie Kitamura. Um, actually, I would read this too because what it sounds like is you've got this interpreter that goes to the international court at the hague and gets involved in a bunch of intrigues so it's kind of like you know a a modern day jane austen novel it seems like at the end of the day it it seems ultra literary and it's going to be about her finding meaning in her life the way that all the austen characters do and possibly a a relationship um i'm going to start with chris this time so you don't you don't have diane's benefit of a yeah i'm out to dry on this one but i i this is the first one i picked from the list actually i went backwards if if obama's going to be spinal tap and start at 11 i'm going to book 11 right away you know it's the one that he needed to have on that list and and the, the what i did my strategy was to read some reviews and the words sparse millennial and nomadic kept coming up and i think really you know 
really, as much as Twitter was about people communicating, I think it was a tool for authors to really hone their craft. So I love this idea of sparse millennial writing. It makes me feel like I'm going to log into someone's Twitter account and read something really, really uh, wonderful and disturbing in a novel format. So I, I, I have very, very high hopes for this one. May not get met, but I'm starting in a good place with it. Awesome. Uh, Catherine. Yeah, this one, I, I'm also interested. They, uh, I, I, all I did really read was one word, one review, and it said Cuskian. Um, after Rachel Cusk, I now use the word Cuskian in my life. And if something is Cuskian, I am a hard yes to it. Great. And then, Diane, you're, uh, we'll end with you. I'm the dissenter. Uh, I like the setting. I like the concept. Uh, love the idea of the main character. But the description made me think it's an episodic novel. I don't like episodic novels. So I decided, okay, my decision will rest on the opening pages. And there I was still, they were good, but not brilliant. So I'm actually still waffling. Haven't got an answer for this one. Still thinking about it. Perfect. So thanks, everybody. Um, I'm going to find a way to get this to Obama. We might have to go through this guy called Biden, but I think we can do it. Well, this was fun. Thank you, guys, for coming on and discussing this. Chris and and Catherine, that was fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, hopelessly outclassed, but have learned a lot. And uh, uh, I look forward to reading your, your choices now. You've sold me on all of them. Well, that's episode two, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone who participated. And I want to also thank our amazing producer, Andrew Kaufman. And um, heads up, stay tuned for episode three, which will feature a panel discussion on transparency in the publishing and book world. 